Stay connected to gratitude. Hit the follow button right now and join thousands of listeners tuning in each week. We're the Gratitude Seekers. Come join us. Hi, Gratitude Seeker. Welcome to a new episode of the Gratitude Podcast. Our guest from today is a sober mom, advocate, writer, and certified recovery coach with over 20 years of experience as a communications professional in corporate America. In uh, this episode, we will explore this idea of uh, the mental load of motherhood, the mommy wine culture, and um, sobriety in general. Welcome to the Gratitude Podcast, Celeste Yvonne. Thank you. Thanks for having me here. My pleasure. So um, let us know a little bit more about you. I, I only touched upon the, the main parts. Um but uh, I would like for us to to start this conversation by you um, telling us more about who you are and uh, what you're doing at the moment. Yeah, I... Oh, God, where do I begin? Um, About almost 10 years ago, I became a mom. And I've always wanted to be a mother, it was hard. You know, it was so hard. Uh, I didn't have a lot of experience with children going into it. So when I brought my baby home from the hospital, it really felt like uh, the the stakes were high uh, with little to no insight going into it about how to do this and how to do it well. Uh, So I think a lot of fear and uncertainty crept into me uh, right from the get-go. And I had always... uh, been a drinker uh, and enjoyed drinking alcohol, uh, but something changed when I became a mother in that it was less about using alcohol to have fun and socialize and became more about using alcohol to cope with all the stressors of this new role as mother. Uh, It was such a scary time for me because my baby experienced a lot of colic and acid reflux and he just was so uncomfortable so much of the time. And I always felt such imposter syndrome that a good mom would know how to handle this. A good mom would be able to ease her baby's needs. And I just, a lot of fear and anxiety crept into my life because I was afraid people would see me as the imposter. I saw myself I was afraid people would judge me and uh, label me a bad mom. Uh, And I wanted nothing more than to be a good mom, the best mom uh, to this new baby. Uh, And right around this time, you know, this message of mommy needs wine had really taken off on social media, uh, kind of as a joke, but also as a, this this is really hard. Uh, 
wine is all we've got it, kind of provocation. And so I started drinking, um, you know, I probably would have drank anyway, but I, it really felt like I was drinking to ease that tension and stress and struggle I was feeling and to just take it away for a short period of time where I could feel confident, where I could feel good about this new role I was undertaking. Um, you know, I look back now and I was absolutely starting to show the early signs of postpartum depression and anxiety too. Uh, and alcohol, now I know alcohol made all that worse. And um, it really was just kind of this vicious cycle of I would drink to feel confident and secure. And then I would wake up feeling even worse and even less confident. Uh, so I would get through the day so I could drink again and feel confident and secure. And I started to get to this place over the years where I knew I was drinking too much. Um, I knew I was uncomfortable with the direction this is going. And I had realized I've, I've wanted to be a mom my whole life. And here I was just phoning it in, like literally just counting down the hours till I could get my next drink. And it broke my heart because I worked so hard to get here. Uh, it made me sad that this wasn't what I had intended or hoped it to be. Uh, so, you know, over time and eventually I decided to quit drinking and in that journey, I have learned how to do and feel the hard things without trying to numb it out. And I've also been able to learn how to grow my confidence naturally and how to connect with my kids in a genuine way, in an authentic way. Uh, so much about me and who I am has developed since I quit drinking, uh, but I also really see how much my relationship to my family and my children have grown as a result. And I wanted to share this story. You know, I wanted to show other mothers that there's hope, that if they kind of fell into the alcohol trap, uh, there's a way out. And that these feelings they're feeling right now are not forever feelings. And um, there is beautiful things that can come and will come when you stop seeking it out at the bottom of a wine glass and you lean in to doing it sober. Wonderful. Um, where I think uh, that gratitude and your work intertwine is uh, in relation to us actually feeling our feelings mm -hmm. because of course we can always uh, choose gratitude and it's always helpful to do so but aside from gratitude we do have many other emotions we do have many other things that we're going through and they they need to be uh, expressed as well. They need to be felt as well, because 
even if we try to run in different ways, we still need to give them the necessary time so that we will be able to um, experience more gratitude. So um, I'm curious, um, how did you uh, find the motivation first and how did you actually um, get to uh, to do the to take the necessary steps to become sober mm. I what led me to my sobriety initially was fear uh, fear of what could happen or will happen if I keep going down this direction uh, fear of what this could or would look like with my relationships with my loved ones with my health uh, with my my mental health, I mean, all these things. And so the day that I quit drinking was a day that I had had a panic attack. And it really kind of just scared me straight uh, to the point where I was like, is this, is this how I want to live? Is this the lifestyle I choose at and at what cost? So that was kind of what shook me to start my day one. Uh, and what really led me in those early months was it was fear driven. But you can't have a sustainable sobriety fear driven. Uh, what keeps me sober and what has um, helped me build a relationship with my sobriety that feels like one of abundance is through gratitude, but it's also through uh, self-care. Always uh, educating myself, um, staying consistent on learning how alcohol works and what it does to our bodies, uh, developing relationships with a community of other women in recovery, uh, these are all the things that has helped me build emotional sobriety uh, where, you know, it wasn't just about not drinking alcohol, but building a life where I don't need alcohol to live, to cope. Uh, so all those things have kind of come together over time to put me in this place where I do live a life that is fortified in gratitude and in reflection. And that took time. Like that does not come overnight. I think in addiction or for anybody who is drinking or using drugs to escape, it really is the opposite of gratitude in so many ways because you can't feel or connect at the level that gratitude exists on, you know, you could say it's very superficial. You could have gratitude and feel gratitude, but it's really at the surface level. Uh, you, you don't get the genuine feelings of um, deep satisfaction and deep gratitude that can only come when you exist in your body and when you are steady in your body and when you're not escaping regularly. Uh, so my journey, my sober journey has gotten me here, but it's taken a long time and it has 
absolutely evolved from what it looked like in the beginning to what it is now um, in the best way, which is why, you know, when I talk to people who are in new sobriety and they're in their first 30 days, you know, I have to remind them that this is a, this is a journey. This is, this is the way you're feeling right now is not how this is always going to feel. It's a process and you have to lean in to the long run uh, to feel the genuine benefits that come through this process. Spend more time outside with fresh air in your lungs and healthier habits in your schedule by eliminating the hassle of prepping, cooking and cleaning up after each meal. Stress-free eating is just one click away this spring. Factor's delicious meals range from calorie smart, keto, protein plus to vegan and veggie and they're ready in just two minutes. Customize your weekly meals with the flexibility to get as much or as little as you need. Pause or reschedule deliveries to suit your lifestyle. Also, discover more than 60 add-ons every week like breakfast, on-the-go lunch, snacks and beverages to help you stay fueled and feel good all day long. Head to factormeals.com gratitude50 and use code gratitude50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's gratitude50 at factormeals.com gratitude50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Exactly. That that makes so much sense. And I, I love what you just mentioned regarding uh, feeling that, that deep gratitude and not just feeling it on, on the surface. Um, it's really, really different kind of experience when you when you get to to have that um, depth when it comes to gratitude. And I'm curious, uh, when would if you remember, when was the, the first time that you had that experience when you could see the difference uh, between like the surface gratitude and really deep gratitude? Mm. So I think it was when I first started to realize that my sobriety wasn't a punishment, but a gift. And that took a long time. I mean, we're talking 10 or 11 months of my sober journey uh, and I, I remember a very defining moment for me, which was I was on a thread online with other female writers and somebody said, let's do a, a shout out thread uh, and celebrate something that we're doing. And it could be big or small, uh, but something we're proud of. And I'm looking at these people's shout outs and I'm thinking, I don't have anything. I don't have anything. And then one of the writers, the female writers, who's a friend of mine, she posted, I'm six weeks sober and I feel amazing. I am so proud of myself. I've worked so hard to get here. I was 10 or 11 months sober at that time. And there was like a light switch moment in my brain where I was like, oh my God, this is something I can be proud of. And it sounds so obvious to me now, but at the time, so much of my sobriety was rooted in shame, in self-hate, in frustration that I 
can no longer do this thing that I felt like I had lost the keys for where everybody else has the keys to this thing. And I no longer get to hold those keys and to hear her reflect on it as a source of beauty in her life, accomplishment, resourcefulness, it really, it truly did a 180 on my brain and made me think, actually, this is really cool. This is really amazing. Like, I can't believe I have gotten this far and look what's come out of it. I feel like kind of an avalanche of emotion just flew through me that day where I was like, and look what's come out of it. My relationships, my health, my anxiety has gone down. I'm exercising and I've never felt better. Uh, I feel more connected to my children than I've ever felt before. Like it just, it just kept this feeling of abundance just was coming through me um, in that way that you can only genuinely feel when you are deeply connected to gratitude. Um, And that was such a defining moment for me in my sobriety, but in my life in general, because it's what changed my thought process from, I have to do this to, I get to do this. That's amazing. That's amazing. And what I love most about about this is that it's uh, at least it's inspired me to to think about um, the things that I have accomplished that I could feel grateful for because mm-hmm. it's something that we forget to do. Like we, like you said, we tend to feel ashamed by some of the things that we are doing or that we are doing wrong, or we tend to be quite critical uh, with ourselves, but. The beauty of what you just mentioned is um, the feeling that the appreciation for for the the work that we've put into something and uh, the fact that that we were able to to accomplish something and usually we we expect this uh, from the outside from other people but isn't it amazing to be able to to give this to yourself I, I think it's it's just wonderful. I think it's such a perfect example of how we can experience gratitude at a deeper level without even changing a single thing we're doing, uh, that it can be as simple as a mind shift and how powerful that mind shift can be in changing the course of your life. Like my life has never been the same since that mental shift happened where I decided that this was not that sobriety was not deprivation, it was liberation. And that I have freedom now in a way that I could never have had before. Uh, And nothing physically changed that day. You know, my life stayed the same. Nothing around me had changed. It was all inside. It was all in my head. I love that. Yeah. It's It's been my experience as well with gratitude and I thought it was fascinating how nothing could change on the outside and I could just see everything differently and appreciate everything on a on a deeper level and uh it's just been a, a fascinate a fascination for me for 
for many years to come from from that moment and mm. yeah I, I love the the fact that you shared this with us and uh, I'm sure that for our listeners you could think of uh, a moment something that you that you are proud of something that you're grateful for that you were able to to do um, or to overcome and it can be something really smaller small for you or insignificant but it can be actually something uh, quite big when you when you look at it from a different point of view and um, I wanted to ask you you mentioned at one point you mentioned self-care how does self-care look for you yeah I think there's a misconception in so many ways about what self-care is or what it looks like and it's it's a really important conversation to have, especially if you're a mother of young kids or a parent of young kids, uh, because the opportunity to um, give yourself the gift of that time, uh, whatever your self-care looks like, can be especially hard. Uh, but there are ways to approach self-care that doesn't necessarily look like, you know, bubble baths or pedicures, uh, you know, which is the stereotypical way we generally look at self-care. What I have learned through my journey and through reading um, books about self-care is that self-care can look like setting boundaries uh, in your home, in your relationships. I've I've had to set boundaries in my sobriety um, that are a means of self-care. And for me, what that looks like in my recovery journey is uh, telling my partner uh, that I want to take my own car to a party because I want to be able to leave earlier if I feel the need to do so. So that would be kind of a boundary I set that, you know, I am not going to stick out in a, a social gathering or event that makes me uncomfortable. Um, I will if it gets uncomfortable, if it gets to a place where I'm, I'm not feeling good about it, I will leave. Um, so that's one example, you know, you can set boundaries with your children that, you know, what I, I tell them, like, is if you, um, if you say hurtful things to me, I, w- I will walk away, you know, so just kind of setting the expectation that if you do this, I do this. And, kind of learning what boundaries really mean. Uh, and it's uh, understanding what that definition is and how to approach it in your day-to-day life. Uh, that has been really transformative for me uh, in my own self-care process. Uh, also, I will say what you do for self-care absolutely changes in sobriety too, because you're really le- relearning who you are and what makes you click. Um, I have learned so much about who I genuinely am when alcohol's off the table about uh, that I'm, I'm an introvert, you know, stuff like that, things that never would have occurred to me. Uh, so my self-care, whereas in my drinking days, self-care might've looked like having a drink at home or uh, meeting up with friends for drinks. Uh, self-care for me now looks like getting quiet time to read in bed or um, getting to get a weekly run in. I mean, these are things I do now and it feels like something that is feeding me, nourishing me. 
and whatever that might look like, uh, and it's going to be different for everybody. Uh, but those are the examples um, of what I do for self-care. Um, my my sober community is a form of self-care. My uh, my therapy is self-care, um, and then you know the the less exciting things like regular visits to the dentist, <laughs> you know, uh, seeing the doctor. Um, doing those kinds of things, those are all forms of self-care uh, as a means of taking care of myself. Um, and it's, like I said, it's, it's changed over time uh, and it will continue to change as my needs uh, and uh, my life around me changes. But right now, those are a few examples of some of the things I do for self-care. Spend more time outside with fresh air in your lungs and healthier habits in your schedule by eliminating the hassle of prepping, cooking, and cleaning up after each meal. Stress-free eating is just one click away this spring. Factor's delicious meals range from calorie smart, keto, protein plus, to vegan and veggie, and they're ready in just two minutes. Customize your weekly meals with the flexibility to get as much or as little as you need. Pause or reschedule deliveries to suit your lifestyle. Also, discover more than 60 add-ons every week like breakfast, on-the-go lunch, snacks and beverages to help you stay fueled and feel good all day long. Head to factormeals.com gratitude50 and use code gratitude50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's gratitude50 at factormeals.com slash gratitude50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Yeah, uh, one of the things that, uh, that I really appreciate about you is the fact that I feel you're very self-aware. And I think this is uh, actually one of the, the first and most important steps in uh creating self-care routines that make sense mm -hmm. for you uh, because like you said they can change throughout uh life quite a lot because what felt like self-care at a certain age might be to might look totally different at yeah. another age and um that's that's why it's important uh to to be as self-aware as possible to realize what what that means but one principle i love that you mentioned this is setting boundaries and that i think uh, is something that we need to to think about in our day-to-day -day life in general because uh, this too looks very different in different times of our life and especially when when we are the the type of people that want to be good people, that want to please other people, people that want to be there for everyone and take care of everyone. And this is the uh, funny, not so much actually, uh, situation that uh, these people that care too much, that uh, think about other people too much and are always open to helping get to to be burned out, get to be oh, yes. um, uh, focusing on different kinds of habits that help with coping 
with with that uh, um, generosity, let's say. And it's it can be really hard to to do that. How how were you able to to start with this uh, setting of boundaries? It's so hard to do, especially if you're a parent, uh, because there is this societally we make parents and specifically mothers out to be like a good mother is a martyr. A good parent is a martyr. A good parent um, meets their child's needs wherever, whenever they are, regardless of where that parent is uh, and what that parent needs. And it's such a, it's, I think it's looking at parenting the wrong way. Uh, what I've learned in my sobriety, you know, I, I lived off that principle. Like I will just take care of everybody and I'm not as important. I just, you know, my, my kids are what matters and I will just, you know, I will give up a piece of myself or all of myself uh, to take care of them. And in my sobriety, I have learned that I have to care for myself first, that if I'm not healthy, I can't take care of them to the best of my ability. Uh, so really, it sounds illogical, but to be the best caretaker, you have to start with you. And I think that transformation alone, where I try to meet my needs first, uh, you know, I put my oxygen mask on first uh, before I, I, I meet the needs of my children uh, is something, again, that in addiction and in my, my drinking journey, I just never quite understood. Uh, it felt easier to just trudge along and just uh, kind of give pieces of myself to them and just see and feel my energy tank deplete uh, to the point where I just had nothing left. And burnout was real, uh, just an emotional unavailability. I mean, so many consequences of living your life that way. But it's something that I really had to learn. Uh, it, it felt like I was starting from scratch because I had such a long relationship with alcohol. And, um, you know, even when I wasn't drinking extensively, it was always a part of my life where I was at least drinking a couple times a week. Uh, so to relearn how to meet my needs and what those needs even are felt like in a lot of ways, I was a, a child again, uh, relearning what my body, how my body talks to me, how to listen to my body, and then how to respond to my body and its needs. And it sounds so simple. Um, it sounds like something that, you know, somebody who is eight years old can pick up. And yet I think about how many adults I know who don't know how to listen to their own bodies. We lose sight of that uh, as we feel or as we see more important things uh, that take up our energy, that take up our attention. And it really does come back down to starting from scratch and figuring out what is my body trying to tell me? What does my body need right now? And relearning how to trust and communicate 
within yourself is the starting point of what will eventually be, yes, a a life where you live with self-awareness and you respond um, and you trust your body and you love your body. I mean, these are all the things that that just takes so much time to get to. I'll never forget, I, you know, when I was drinking too much and I, I saw a friend or I heard a friend say something to the effect of, I knew something was wrong when I woke up because my body didn't feel right. And I remember thinking, what would that feel like? Because my body woke up not feeling right every day (laughs) because I was drinking every night. And so every morning I felt awful and disgusting and in pain. And I just couldn't imagine waking up and feeling that way and asking my body or questioning why my body was feeling that way because I knew every day why my body was feeling that way. So to be able to intuit what my body was trying to say to me every day just felt so foreign to me. Uh, And it's something that I have been able to learn on this journey that feels really empowering. And I'm, I'm genuinely grateful for it. Spend more time outside with fresh air in your lungs and healthier habits in your schedule by eliminating the hassle of prepping, cooking, and cleaning up after each meal. Stress-free eating is just one click away this spring. Factor's delicious meals range from calorie-smart, keto-protein-plus, to vegan and veggie, and they're ready in just two minutes. Customize your weekly meals with the flexibility to get as much or as little as you need. Pause or reschedule deliveries to suit your lifestyle. Also, Discover more than 60 add-ons every week like breakfast, on-the-go lunch, snacks and beverages to help you stay fueled and feel good all day long. Head to factormeals.com gratitude50 and use code gratitude50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's gratitude50 at factormeals.com gratitude50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Yeah, definitely. And you, you've you touched upon something really, really deep there. Um, and I, I think it's actually the, the, uh, the first thing that we, we tend to do continually. So I'm a big believer in the power of habits. And we do so many things. And it's not just about the things we do, actually. It's about how we think, the fact that we think habitually in a certain way. Of course, that leads to certain results in time. And um, whenever we have all kinds of responsibilities, especially as parents, um, I think we lose touch with our bodies and with with uh, our own needs because we keep thinking to ourselves that that's not important what's important is that you know either you're taking care of uh, the children you're taking care of the duties you're taking care of many other things and we learn this as a habit not to pay attention 
to our own needs to uh, the things that we feel in our body it's like it's not that we don't we're not aware that much actually I, I think it's we are aware but it just doesn't matter it's not important there are so many other things that require require our attention and our time and our energy that it's just not important when in fact that's that's very important and when we do this for a few years of many of us for too many years we get to a point when we where we realize that it is important <laughs> and our body is like okay it's stopping us one way or another and it's telling us it's actually i am important you know right and if you want to be to continue to take to take care of everyone else and to do all of the things that you want and need to do you need to take care of me as well and uh not just the body but this is a, a really um good example something that we can uh see visually um and that we can imagine more more accurately so yeah i think this this idea of, of importance and of everyone else being more important is uh is a very powerful one that that i think we we need to look at uh before trying to to do things differently i don't know I what's your I, take on this i always envisioned a good parent as selfless and mm -hmm. Because what's the opposite of selfless? It's selfish, right? And no yeah. parent wants to be selfish. But now I think I look at it differently. Um, if we looked at it as the opposite of selfish is self-aware, I think it's such an important tool to be teaching our children is, you know, how to be self-aware. And that is something, you know, we're always working with them on, like, is your tummy grumbling? That means you're hungry. You know, are your eyes heavy? That means you're tired. I mean, this is stuff we work with our kids on all the time. And yet we become so distanced from our own feelings or we ignore them, right? I mean, how many times have we felt tired and we're like, you know what, I'm just going to stay up because this is this is my time. And <laughs> this is the only chance I have to, you know, scroll social media or read my book. Uh, so we ignore our body's feelings, even as we're trying to teach our children how to listen to theirs. You know, I think back when I was drinking and I was thinking to myself, is this a life I would ever want for my children? And of course, the answer was no. And yet this is what I was showing them every day about how to cope in life, how to cope in adulthood, how to cope in parenting. This is the life I was showing them by example. And um, if it's not good enough for them, why would it be good enough for me? So when I think about, you know, what I want my children to learn from me, what I want my children to learn when they go out into the world, when they're adults, I want them to be self-aware. I want them to recognize their body's language and its cues and be able to meet its needs, you know, physically and mentally, right? I want them to have healthy 
emotional responses and uh, be able to communicate those needs and know what to do when they feel those things. Uh, and I, I can't really teach it if I'm not also showing it by example too. And so by me living a life where I'm self-aware, I can lead by example. I can show them what that looks like. And I can show them, you know, that when we are riding the wave of our emotions, good and bad, it's normal. This is what it looks like. This is how it feels. And this is how I, as their mother, cope with these things without drugs and alcohol. And how maybe this is something that you can look towards to, to put as tools in your toolkit. Exactly, exactly. And what I love most about this is that it comes from the same place, you know, from the same place of love, from the same place of wanting what's best for the children and for all of the people around you. And it looks different. Uh, it could be interpreted in a, in a different way from some points of view. But if we think about it in the long run, it's actually the the right path to take because like you said we teach a lot um, by example and this is just not just for for the ch children but for all of the people around us when when they see us do some things uh, they start thinking about doing those kinds of things as well whether they they are good or not it's mm -hmm. like okay, she's drinking uh, each evening, maybe I should try that too, maybe it, it's helpful, you know? But when you know that uh, that person is uh, finding a, a more healthy way of, of coping, of um, doing self-care, well, it, it's inspiring for other people to, to think about that way of, of doing things as well. And uh, we... we influence each other whether we are aware of it or not and um, doing this for ourselves could be just the kind of influence that we we would want for the people that we love isn't it absolutely you know our kids are very intuitive um, they can recognize the difference between alcohol and non-alcoholic drinks as early as age three. Um, and they, you know, they, they read and play off our emotions every day. Uh, that's why we often say parents set the emotional tone in a household because they feed off uh, that energy, whatever it is, whether it's positive energy or negative energy, they feed off it, which is why, you know, when, they say, you know, when the parent's in a bad mood, you know, it kind of just lays it out for the rest of the family. Uh, so they're so in tune. They're seeing everything we're doing. They are subconsciously or consciously picking up on um, tips and tricks on how to live and survive um, from their parents. So what do we want to show them? What do we want to teach them? What kind of energy do we want to present in our households for them to feed off? Um, because that emotional energy is powerful. And 
it can uh, have such strong implications either way. Uh, when I, you know, was showing them that mommy drank alcohol to cope, um, it Im- impacted everything, and not just the message I was sending, but the um, the emotions that I was exuding. Um, they could probably feel the distance that was coming between us, not necessarily physically, but um, in every other sense, as I started to kind of numb, numb out after a couple drinks. Um, and that emotional tone that I was setting in the house wasn't one of, of joy or gratitude or um, of feeling self-assured or um, feeling strong. Uh, It was the opposite. It was weakness. It was fake feelings. It was, you know, chemically induced emotions. Uh, And it was kind of a roller coaster ride because as my dopamine would go up with my first drink, I might be in kind of a euphoric state And then when it dropped 30, 40, 50 minutes later, I was cranky. I was moody. I was uh, triggered by everything. Uh, So I'm not even showing them a sense of security or predictability Mm -hmm. in my drinking. I was giving them kind of this roller coaster ride uh, where they are learning, you know, mom's all over the place. Mom is happy one minute and really angry the next minute. And they are picking up these cues and they are making mental notes, even when they're not physically able to express themselves or explain it, it's all impacting them. And, you know, I think back on how I was correlating and showing them that mom drank wine nightly even just that in of itself was sending a message I would never wish on them uh, and I would never want for them. Uh, So there's just so many things that I now know that I didn't know before, you know, and I give myself so much grace because I did not understand this. I did not know the scientific effects of alcohol back then. Uh, I genuinely thought I was doing this to survive this. It was a survival mechanism And knowing what I now know, I can come into this saying, I have better ways to survive. I have healthier ways to survive and thrive um, in my parenthood journey and in in my own life that is not just healthier for me, but it's a lot healthier for my children as well. Spend more time outside with fresh air in your lungs and healthier habits in your schedule by eliminating the hassle of prepping, cooking, and cleaning up after each meal. Stress-free eating is just one click away this spring. Factor's delicious meals range from calorie-smart, keto, protein plus, to vegan and veggie, and they're ready in just two minutes. Customize your weekly meals with the flexibility to get as much or as little as you need. Pause or reschedule deliveries to suit your lifestyle. Also, Discover more than 60 add-ons every week like breakfast, on-the-go lunch, snacks and beverages, 
to help you stay fueled and feel good all day long. Head to factormeals.com gratitude50 and use code gratitude50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's gratitude50 at factormeals.com gratitude50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Exactly, exactly. Um, as to give an example of two extremes, um, when you when you think about a person that that's always complaining, um, and uh, when you when you compare that to a person that's grateful, it's it's a whole nother story when you when you see when you live with these two different types of people it makes you see the world in a different way it makes you experience life in a different way and uh, i believe that this this is a gift that that you're offering your children the fact that you are choosing to to be different in in a better way and to um to make sure that you are aware of your your feelings of your needs of uh, the care that you need to offer yourself and they they're definitely gonna pick that up so um we are nearing the end of our time together and i wanted to ask you uh, a little bit about your book um if you could tell us a, a few uh, ideas about it and where can our audience get it yeah. Uh, so my book is called It's Not About the Wine, The Loaded Truth Behind Mommy Wine Culture. And I really I wrote this book uh, to help mothers, but really anyone who feels stuck in the alcohol trap. Uh, a lo- more women are drinking than ever. Uh, and the stats are, are showing some pretty alarming numbers uh, of heavy drinking use. Uh, for for women, uh, especially since the pandemic. And my book is really an exploration of why, you know, why do so many parents drink uh, to cope with the challenges of parenting and then how to get out of the alcohol trap if you have gotten yourself stuck in it. Uh, so, I really hope that this book helps people recognize that um, giving up alcohol is truly the opposite of giving up and that when you quit drinking, um, if you were stuck in kind of this uncomfortable place with your drinking, that it will not, it doesn't feel like deprivation and it doesn't have to feel like deprivation because in every sense it is a form of liberation. Uh, so, so those are kind of the messages uh, I convey in my book through my story, through other uh, people's stories, and then um, just a lot of research on how, how do we get out of the trap? Uh, how do we cope with parenting without a numbing agent uh, and, and what that can look like? And you can find it um, anywhere books are sold. Um, it's available um, in the United States right now. And then eventually it'll be 
uh, available internationally. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you so much for for being here with us, for um, showing so much uh, compassion towards all the people that are going through this, uh, towards yourself as well, and being so self-aware and honest about uh, your feelings and what you went through. It's uh, always really refreshing to to hear this and uh, about your your journey as well with with gratitude and reaching gratitude on on a deep level. And by the way, um, what are some of the things that you're grateful for right now? Well, you know, I I am and probably always will be grateful for my sobriety uh, because I wouldn't be here without it. Uh, but I'm just grateful for my children and my husband and my family. Um, I'm grateful for my health. You know, I, I took that for granted for a long time and now I, I don't. And I'm grateful for my, um, my self-care. I am an active runner and I like to exercise. I like to move my body and um, the way I take care of myself has really, um, it, it is such a priority for me now. Um, and I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful that I care so much about my body now, and I want to see it thrive uh, in a way that I think I took for granted for a long time. Wonderful, wonderful. I, I love this idea, and I think it's, it's the best way to, to end this interview, and I'm sure that uh, it will be uh, a great idea to ponder on for our listeners. So thank you very much. Thank you. It was so nice to uh, have this conversation with you. Hey, Gratitude Seeker. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this interview. I really appreciate it. And if you could think of one person that would also benefit from it, share it with them. It might actually be the inspiration that they need to make their day or maybe even their life much better. Thank you so much once again. This has been Georgian Benta. Don't forget to keep seeking and spreading gratitude. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Are you experiencing more lack in your life than you used to? Unfortunately, some things are not in our control, but we can control how we see them. Join me on a seven-week journey from lack to abundance through gratitude. Go to georgianbenta.com slash abundance course. That's georgianbenta.com slash abundance course to join me now. Are you experiencing more lack in your life than you used to? Unfortunately, some things are not in our control, but we can control how we see them. Join me on a seven-week journey from lack to abundance through gratitude. Go to georgianbenta.com slash abundance course. That's georgianbenta.com slash abundance course to join me now.